the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I'll tell you, what a great example. If some of us are hampered with a kid that isn't a straight-A student, you don't know what their future is going to hold. Maybe they are embarrassed about being a C or a D student. But they can dress provocatively. And they're a big success at the office parties. Just take a look at Kamala Harris today in Romania. This is absolutely priceless. It is painful to watch. It is painful to watch what is happening to innocent people. Isn't that true, Tramp? I'll tell you another thing. Dirty war. Dirty war everywhere. I couldn't help but notice on Reuters today. India says it accidentally fired a missile into Pakistan. March 11th, India said on Friday it had accidentally fired a missile into Pakistan because of a technical malfunction during routine maintenance. Hey, Apu! Don't hit the red button. Don't hit the red button. Sorry. That's, uh, that's accidental. Sorry, it was just an accident. And now we get to sweep in all of the kind of accidents we have here in this country, like hiring Democrats. That had, had to be an accident. But I do like the way they are able to lie, bald-faced, right, right, right to you, right to the camera. Big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. From the moment he put his over 150,000 troops on the Ukrainian border, the price of gasoline in January went up 75 cents. Went up 75 cents. Wrong. Before that, it went up 75 cents before that. Right after you usurped the most powerful office on the planet. Not only that, all these despots around the world, they got real excited. Because what they knew is an American Democrat mafia member was in control of arguably the most fraudulent, corrupt policies on the planet. And they knew they could have their way with you. And that's exactly what's going on. But I do like how you're all in unison. You even got the drunk who graduated high school, I believe, with you, the 80-year-old dimwit herself. Let's get back to the question, the larger issue about Putin's tax. That's that's really... No, 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 not tax, not tax. Nancy... Did you drink again this morning? It's a spike, not a tax. Tax is inflation, and we did that, but just stick with the program, you drunk. Who's Putin's gas hike? There it That's is. his gas hike. This, so much of this uh, increase in the gas tax, uh, uh-huh. the gas uh, price oh, started uh, uh, uh-huh. weeks leading up Wait. to what happened there. And there she is, not only the most successful trader on Wall Street, the most successful Congress birthing person and her husband just 
true monuments to intelligence. Let's get back to the real president, or at least I hope so, because maybe we can get some negotiations that at least come to a conclusion. In Ukraine, who just want to live in their own country and have pride in themselves as Ukrainians, who want to be home speaking the language they know. Now, does she mean a third of the Ukrainians that spoke Russian and were Russian Orthodox? She doesn't mean those. No, no, no. She means the other ones that are controlled by the oligarch, Ihor Kolominsky, and the comedian who still makes me laugh my ass off. Going to the church that they know. She means the Russian Orthodox, the ones that were in the war for the last eight years. Those? No? Raising their children in the community where their families have lived for generations. Yeah. Do you mean the ones that can't go to school and speak their native tongue? No, you don't mean those? You mean the, the, the Ihor Kolominsky ones? And by the millions now are having to flee with nothing but a backpack. Sounds like an Illinoisan. That's how Illinoisans are fleeing. You're going all over the place with nothing but a backpack and high taxes. After all, you suckers have been paying 82 cents a gallon on tax. You didn't even know about it till yesterday. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Madam Vice President. I-, I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) A friend in need is a friend indeed. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Yeah, there's no wonder how she got to be the VP. No wonder. (gasps) Idiot. Clearly, she has a firm grasp of all of the issues. Here's what um, she's there for. Biden couldn't go. He's too feeble and too weak. Not only that, they didn't want to really expose just exactly who's in charge of this country. So they sent the number two, which is equally as embarrassing, but at least a hell of a time at the after party. There's no question about it. But Biden, he, uh, he's got all the answers on, uh, on Russia. He's got all the answers on what's going to happen with the markets in Russia, what's going to happen with the future of Russia. Why is it closed? Because for the last two weeks, because the moment it opens, it will be disbanded. You hear me? It will blow up. He's talking about the Russian market, stock market, Russian currency. See, Russia, they weren't corrupt enough like China to partner up with Blackstone and BlackRock and Goldman Sachs. They didn't do that. Although Goldman Sachs, ironically enough, is invested in Russia, and they're making money off high-interest bonds. They said they'd stop doing it, stop investing in Russia, but instead of stopping by saying, hey, give me all the money you owe me, which they it's called an acceleration clause, and they could implement it any time, what they meant was from a week ago. Just from a week ago, we're done with buying new current bonds. But the bonds we're already making money on, yeah, that's good. You keep it up. This is how you know the system has been leveraged against you. Not only that, there is that little problem. That little problem of now we're going to enrich Iran. You know the ones, not just the ones that kidnapped our hostages, but the ones that mutilate their daughters and their wives. 
women's rights. What happened? And, and not to mention the homosexuals. Oh, Pete Buttigieg wouldn't last long in Iran. They'd be chucking him off buildings. That's how they treat the LGBTQ community. That's not really a big sticking point anymore. We're going to enrich Iran and then the tyrant in Venezuela. This is all things you're going to get used to, the hypocrisy and the rest of it, because they don't want you to look exactly at what the purpose of all this is. And that is to stuff massive amounts of payoff schemes in the $1.5 trillion bill they just spent, the continuing resolution that already is going to go on, and the next bill they're going to need after they're done helping people. Well, uh, the Democrats know Marshall no Blackburn. end to which they're going to do to take money out of your wallet and spend it for their pet projects. As you have heard, there is a bill, a $1.5 trillion spending bill. Passed in one hour. They are Darkened linking night. onto a Ukraine humanitarian and military relief bill, $13.6 billion. Now think about this. You've got $13 billion in aid to Ukraine, and they're sticking on to this the omnibus spending bill, which is $1.5 trillion. Now, why are some of the members of the U.S. Senate so giddy about passing this bill? It is because they have inserted 4,000 earmarks for their pet projects. 4,000 earmarks for their pet projects. Let's go to uh, Senator Daniels for a little update. Steve Daines here. It's late Thursday night in Washington, D.C. I'm headed down to the floor of the U.S. Senate in about an hour or so to vote against this 2,700-page monstrosity. 2,700 pages. Spending bill for this fiscal year. By the way, we're nearly halfway through the current fiscal year, so we're six months late nearly on getting a budget passed to fund the U.S. federal government. But there are 4,000 earmarks in this bill, totaling over $8 billion dollars, this is why I'm voting against it. Let me give you a few of those examples. $1.6 million for equitable growth of shellfish aquaculture industry in Rhode Island. Shellfish. $300,000 for a left-wing anti-gun group that thinks, and I'm quoting from their website, the Second Amendment has long been a tool for white supremacy. Yeah, we $300,000 to your taxpayer dollars. Check. Half a million dollars to promote health equity in local Yonkers pools in New York. In Yonkers. Check. $2 million, of course, for George Mason University's Center for Climate Change Communication. Oh, you got to have something for that. $10 million dollars to tear down an abandoned hotel in Alaska. Sure. $500,000 to preserve a house in Massachusetts. $480,000 for, quote, non-impervious parking in Connecticut. And, of course, you got to have $280,000 for that Waltham Embassy parking lot project in Massachusetts. This is ridiculous. This is what's wrong with Washington, D.C. I love it. Payoffs to all the campaign contributors, all stuffed in the Ukraine Trojan horse of failure and fraud of the Democrat mafia. I love it. The greatest example of gangster government ever handed to you. And you're still buying the, the same nonsense, right? I remember when it was chemicals in Syria. Who was releasing the chemicals in Syria? Was it, it, was, uh, it was the Syrian government or it was uh, the CIA front group? I can't remember. And then Kuwait. Remember when Saddam Hussein blew up the hospital, the girl was crying? That was a lie. But this time they're telling the truth. See, here's how it goes. When someone lies to you once, the first time, that's the hardest it is. The next ones, those are just drapery. That's just little fixing on the house of lies that you've allowed them to build. See, the problem is with the government, 
They can't tell you the truth anymore. Because if they told you the truth, you would be really unhappy. You'd be like those villagers in Frankenstein. Yeah, you'd be all upset. And you'd realize the monster isn't something that one person created. It's something that we've allowed the entire government to become. Corrupted. And now all they need are different excuses to hide all their failure in. And it is the prime example of what's coming next. Your White House has said that, that Russia may use chemical weapons or create a false flag operation to use them. What evidence have you seen showing that? And would the U.S. have a military response if Putin does launch a chemical weapons attack? I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but, you, but uh, Russia... What was that? Hey, stupid. What was that? Pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons. So now all we need is chemical weapons to appear. Now you can pay a severe price. And in the meantime, we could sweep all this bull dung in the middle. And you idiots will have nothing to say about it. 2,700 pages. They passed it in one hour. One hour. They got the email at 1230 to vote on it at 130. By 2.30 it passed. That's daylight savings time or after? I can't figure that daylight savings time out. 312. 642-5600. Can you figure it out? After this. AM 560. The answer. I know, this is not how the show is supposed to do it, right? We're supposed to talk about one thing. and Talking point. Buy it. Support the thing. We got a military industrial complex. Don't question everything. You're a patriot. You're sympathetic. Kids are being bombed. Pregnant people are being bombed. There's chemicals. I like to connect all of that. I really, really do. I really, really do. Because I don't like scam artists. I particularly don't like Democrat scumbag ones. Because they have that plastic hair sewn into their head like dolls. They got those fake teeth drilled into their mouth. And they're walking around in Depends acting like a man. That really sums up not just Joe Biden. You pick a Democrat senator. Pretty much nailed it. Public saying it's Biden's gas pipeline. By, by Biden said he's going to stop the Keystone pipeline. And I did. Oh, boy. Spit it out. And that's the reason prices went up. Folks, let's get something straight here. Okay. The Keystone Pipeline was two years away and had been 2% finished. No, 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 no. Listen, I know you. Oh, God. It's hard to get these thoughts. You know, your feet are wet. When your feet are wet, your brain's going, why are they wet? You can't figure out. Your trouser leg is also wet, too, because you peed yourself, Joe. Come on, they were man. 98% finished. 98%. Wasn't going to be two years. It was going to be two months. Maybe two months. The, uh, the two years would have been operations for all of those people, those thousands of people, to still maintain their jobs because they had to be up and running at full capacity. Oh, Joe. Thinking, not your strong point. But good news is it's uh, not your vice president's strong point either. It's really none of your strong point. Are you voters? You're all just a bunch of corrupt morons. And now you get to dig into your pocket. And the only ones that could afford it are those big fat guidos, those union business agents and those other sloths with their ghost jobs. As they spend that money they pretend they earned, they're the only ones that could afford your kind of economy of feudalism under a Bidenomics. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hey, Sean. You know, the war between Russia and Ukraine, that has nothing to do with the inflation. In my opinion, it all started with COVID. That was the plan from the beginning. They took it. They ran with it. They're going with it. And now it's excuse after excuse after excuse. Absolutely it is. And, and, and there's a, another thing going on, and they don't want you to talk about the war going on in Ukraine for the last eight years. As right. this embarrassment of a vice president goes out and actually articulates the argument against the Kolominsky oligarch Ukrainians as they were torturing the Putin Russian oligarch Ukrainians. 
See, but they don't need you right. to have have a perspective on it. See, because in the world of the modern-day Marxist mafia, history started this morning, and that's all they need to do is run around and pretend they could solve anything rather than understand they've created everything. Thank you very much, Teresa. We're in this predicament because you, 81 million of you dead, alive, legal and illegal votes, put in this diaper-wearing dimwit. That's why you're here. James Sherville, Indiana. Yes, I love your show, man. I just wanted to say two quick things. I found an article yesterday that was deeply disturbing. Uh, a U.K.-based biofirm funded by Bill and Melinda Gates is um, releasing millions of GMO uh, mosquitoes into California and Florida coming up next month. And I just think that's totally ridiculous. And the well, second James, point there's, is... There's two things. Wait, let me just... Before you get to your second point, there's two things. Whenever you say Bill Gates, you have to give me a heads up because I like to do this. <laughs> Secondly, anything they create will be as effective on me as the created COVID-19. I put mustard on that and ate it. Didn't do anything to me. In fact, I lost weight. Still did the show. Nobody knew. Two weeks. Still did the show every night. Nobody knew. So if their uh, GMO mosquitoes are as successful as their COVID-19, I say bring it, release it in southwest Florida. Let's see how I do. Now your second point. Uh, what do you think the likely, likeliness of silver going nickel is? I think it's going to happen, but what do you think? Of silver going, you mean parabolic? What do you mean? Silver going nickel. Yeah, it's like 800, 900, 800, 1,200% uh, Listen, I've been listening to this. The problem with these theories, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple problems, but the problem with these theories is it's based on old fundamental economics, right? That's been bastardized. They've changed rules. The reason gold has been held down at 1600 and 1800 for the last 12 years is because you've allowed countries to naked short it. You've allowed corrupt companies like Blackstone and BlackRock and Goldman Sachs to naked short it. If they couldn't keep continuing those foolish option extensions, which are technically illegal, into perpetuity, and they had to deliver on the gold they already shorted, gold would be, number one, they'd be bankrupt, and gold would be 90000 an ounce. Same thing with silver. You've now bastardized the markets to where you could naked short them and you could create a, a, an option in perpetuity, kind of the way that Hillary Clinton pretends she made 125000 from her $1,000 investment. That's illegal. Mm -hmm. The only way you could do it is through accounting fraud and forever having options that never expire. So, Jim, they've uh, bastardized capitalism. It's never going to happen. And here's the other thing. If they ever tried to, they can't deliver the gold to other countries that have been trying to collect it for 70 years. We don't have any gold. It's all gone. Thank you very much. And that runs for silver. Silver should technically be much, much, much higher because you can use silver. It doesn't matter when you've corrupted capitalism and you've corrupted the financial markets. And it doesn't matter because the average Democrat living in Chicago is so fracking stupid. He doesn't understand anything. All he's doing is sitting on his fat ass waiting for his pretend pension that he still thinks is a pension rather than an employment agreement of corruption. Jim in Chicago. Oh, hey, Sean. I'm just thinking about uh, uh, Flynn, the general. I wonder what they asked him in that Senate hearing and how many times he took are you worried trip. about? Are you worried about Millie selling you this CIA bull dung that well, you've been no, showing? Well, no, but, I, but, but did he get caught shoplifting in Russia? That's right. And then he tried to uh, overturn the election, a four-star general. That's pretty impressive. I think it, he, he, all he, things he, are he, Flynn's he, fault. See, Jim wants to live in all things are, are, are the Republicans' fault. Because Jim's a Chicago Democrat. He's been voting. He's probably one of those guys that was in, like, the carpool for that scumbag daily. You know, the one that was getting drunk 
at the at the stray dog bar in Michigan while he pretended to be the mayor with his girlfriend, and he pretended that he loved his wife so much he was going to steal Miggs Field for it. See, there's a group of these Chicago gangsters. Oh, yeah. They're all sound. He sounds Irish and like an old drinker problem to me. And they all used to drive daily around and hide the fact that he wasn't really the Chicago mayor. He was a wannabe, short-in-the-pants Irish gangster. And now they all sit back on their pensions. And they all say how virtuous they are, and they deserve it. That's the mafia politics. The problem is it broke out of Chicago, broke to Cook County. Then it took over Illinois. Now you got a fat slob governor who's going to promote it for perpetuity. And our real problem is it's also broke to 1600 Pennsylvania. And now you've got a dimwit with wet socks and the office tramp that are going to destroy the country for the next three years. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560. See, this is what I miss when Squirrel Hands takes the day off. I'm still mad at Squirrel Hands. Takes the day off because of his relative's colonoscopy. I mean, that's a good excuse. You sure you're not a Democrat? Because there will be no Democrat that works for me, kid. Let's keep things nice and straight. Matt wants to talk about Nooner. Oh, Sean. Sean, you are the man. I love you to death. I listen to you every day. It's the first time I've ever called you. Oh, I appreciate you I wanted, the time. I, yeah, sir. Listen. So, Nooner, the comment about the friend in need is a friend indeed. I noticed that's a song lyric from back in 1996. I think she, she was, was recall, reco- yeah, she was recollecting back to the days of uh, Sweet Willie. You know, that's why she said that, I'm sure. Now, but, you don't uh, want to know how he got the name Sweet Willie Brown. Just remember that. No, you just not, call him Willie Brown. I don't want to know anything about that. I was like 13, 14 at the time. Yeah, but you get yourself anyway, over your skis there. Go the, other, the other thing I wanted to say real quick, Sean is the Richard Irvin commercials that they're flashing up and they're, you know, they're all excited about this guy. I want everybody to pay close attention to the, one of the parts of the commercials is, oh, I'm bringing all these companies to Aurora. I work in Aurora, Sean. I'm bringing all these companies to Aurora. One of the images is Zenly. What is that? It's a pot dispensary. Fantastic. Congratulations, little Dick Irvin. And uh, I just wanted to say, I like I I love you a lot. The the thing I love most about you, Sean, you don't take a day off. You know you got prop gallivanting, gallivanting around. You know wherever he is right now, you don't take a day off. That's work ethic. That's character. I love you to death. I'm 40 years old, and I, I love you, man. Thank, Thank you, you brother. So much it means the world you. to me. And, uh, yeah, Proft is, uh, he's, listen, he's got a lot of stuff going on right now. He's traveling. But it's not all fun and games. He's always working. He's working even when he's not working. Some guys just make it look easier. My, my thing is a little different. I have to do this. I love it. It's not work for me. This is not work for me. I love this. Because what I think we're doing here is we're exposing the scam. You see, and this is the scam that needs to be exposed. This is not about people who have a mindset. I am a a lifelong Democrat. My grandpappy was a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. Or the other way. I'm a lifelong Republican. I'm a Republican. Those days are long gone. And the true con artists of our time need you to believe they're still here and that the Republicans are the good guys, the Democrats are the bad guys. And then on the other side, the Republicans are the right-wing extremists and the Democrats care about the environment and the future all a lie these are tools of profit this the reason that you're in this conflict right now 
And the reason you have this intention, the attention on it, is because there are war profiteers in both sides. And there's many ways to profit from war. You could profit from it directly, like Nancy Pelosi and her husband, great stock traders. Ooh, they're wonderful. They've had all these options exercised, all this nonsense. Or you could profit from it indirectly, and you could sweep your failures in. This is what the Democrat mafia does. But when the problem is when society becomes so immoral and their character becomes so low that you devolve, which is what happens when a Democrat's in office. You devolve. You see their cities. You live in their cities. These aren't human beings of caliber, of character. These aren't people of good conscience. They have devolved into the 1600s. Listen to the news. Shootings, stabbings, beatings, mindless, nonsense carjackings on all the rest of it this isn't a society you can fix with money anymore but they need that hatred they need that fear because that is the excuse they have to limit select people who are the select people anybody working if you're not working for them but if you work for them then you become like that moron that calls me and wants to talk about general flynn and all the rest of it but doesn't want to talk about today wants to talk about trump they want to talk about Trump, and they want to talk about Flynn. They want to talk about all these guys. And I'll talk about them. And by the way, my points of criticism are far more articulate and far more spot on than yours. Because you cannot think. Because you've given yourself a pass to be a Democrat. You've said the other side is bad, so now I can cheat. And by the way, if you're a Chicago Democrat, you know you're a gangster. You like that you're in on it. That's why you tolerate those 50 thieves. All but one being nothing but con artists. That's why you tolerate the scam of money. You just want that job for yourself or your moron offspring who doesn't have the cleavage to be Kamala Harris. And that's why you tolerate Kamala Harris. You know she's unqualified. Just as you knew Joe Biden was suffering from dementia and aside from that was a 50-year crook. You knew it and you accepted it anyway. And that's why I'm going to play a little something from yesterday. I don't really give a rip about Juicy Smoye. I don't care one way or the next. By the way, the family is clearly insane. All their names start with J. Did you notice that? They all start with J. It's really something. So we've got the brother that went on. He was very exercised, and I'm sure his wallpaper matches his uh, light f uh, shades and the rest. He's in jail for five months. That is unacceptable for being attacked. First of all, you're sending him to jail is like sending me to hedonism, number one. Number two... I thought he was going to be okay. After all, he represents every black person in America, right? Just like, just like the Bureau of Land Management, also called BLM, is not a Marxist front group. They're helping all the black people. Sure, they stole the money. They can't find $170 million, $180 million. It doesn't matter. Now you're land barons after being trained Marxists. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we... Uh, are trained Marxists. And now they're land barons. They took that, that party of intimidation. They raised billions of dollars. Now they stole the money, and nobody cares because they're Democrats. But um, I'm assuming this is the right clip, right? Under Juicy, Honey Bunny, where it's the, 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 the guy who was in the entourage, and he revealed what the real, the real argument is between Juicy and justice. My name is Nate Phillips, and I would just like to say... Until the person who recently occupied the White House, the judge said that Mr. Smollett was accused of lying. Well, guess what? The man that occupied the White House was accused of 
telling thousands of lies. And as long as he is, remains free, Jesse should remain free. Okay, this is a gentleman not connected necessarily with the Smollett group. No, but he is connected. He was with the grandma. He's with the entourage. He's absolutely connected. And he revealed what the real issue here is. So if you are not a Democrat, it is okay to lie. It is okay to cheat. And it is okay to steal. That's the only way they could exist. They could live with themselves. Because they know what's in these bills. They know it's a scam and a fraud. They know that Ukraine, they don't know which oligarch, which side. They don't know who the ass-off battalion is. They don't know anything. They just know it's an excuse to give them what they need in their 2,700-page omnibus bill. Here's some of what is in here. A hundred billion dollars on Green New Deal initiatives. Winner! Racial justice programs. Check. Through the U.S. Department of Agriculture. A hundred million dollars. That is your... By the way, there's 99.9% of all black people aren't going to see a damn dollar of that. Only the real connected Democrat mafia hierarchy is. Dollars for environmental justice activities at the EPA. Environmental justice. I'm going to tell you something right here and right now. The green energy industry is a lie and a fraud. There is no global warming. Climate change is what used to be referred to as weather. Can things you do affect it? Perhaps. But only if the world acts in unison. Anything they do here is about restriction and taxation. That's an extortion excuse. That's all it is. All of their science is about as right as their science was with COVID. And we're going to get in the vaccine. I got a doctor from Great Britain you're going to love to hear from. But in the meantime, let's have Marsha Blackburn tell us a little more. $27 million for the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Again with this Kennedy Center. Listen, I have saw it. It sucks. It's a bunch of weirdos running around in leotards, hopping around. How many m billions and millions and, and all the rest of it do the people have to give to this one group? $2 million to a specific university for climate change communication. $1.4 to another one for environmental justice education. Oh, 500000 for diversity and inclusion in STEM initiatives. This, these are war profiteers. And they're using this BS excuse. And they're raking it in. So what are they going to give them? $12 billion, $13 billion? That's all right. Drinks are on the house. Let's get the mafia bellied up to the bar now. Specifically for climate change. And you're going to love this one. $1.6 million to the state of Rhode Island. For what? Studying shellfish you have to be an absolute complete moron to be a democrat voter or or you're like the scum in chicago who sit back and complain about how bad things are well all they wanted was a piece of the mafia pie with their phony jobs and their phony contracts and their phony everything that's what a democrat is a phony 312-642-5600 AM 560. The answer. Nice. You know how old I am? I used to go out and this song was playing. And that wasn't an oldie. 
War profiteers. Corruption profiteers. The only systemic problem in this whole country is systemic political corruption. Now, another city is going to get a half million of your bucks for swimming pool improvements. There is going to be $40 million that goes to the city park that is in front of Nancy Pelosi's house, by the way. $40 million. So that when she looks out of her window in San Francisco, she could say, I did that. I did it. Not to mention the $40 million that goes to the landscaper that does the job for under a million. He kicks back 30% to Nancy. Oh, but he does. Oh, but he does. 30% back to Nancy. That's, the, that's how it really works. Eduardo, Midway. Yeah, Sean, uh, thank you for taking my call. I just heard uh, Fatso saying that we have a budget, a uh, surplus, excuse me, saying that, oh, we're going to lower the taxes uh, on other stuff. Can you believe this guy? Where's it's the hot hitting interview? It's election it year. Be on and your he's show, had... not the other show. Oh, come on. You... First of all, listen, brother. I didn't get here the usual way, and I'm not going to stay here the usual way. This is propaganda versus truth. That's the difference in shows. I don't need to come in and get talking points from the Republican Party or from the Democrat Party because I have allegiance to neither. They are the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not going to spew their nonsense and hide their corruption, which is what it is. And to your broader point, this could only exist if media, like let's say Andy Shaw, right? He's the investigative guy, pencil neck geek. It's all over the news in Chicago. He was supposed to investigate the Democrat corruption, yet his daughter, right out of law school, goes to work for the president, Barack Obama. He's not investigating corruption. He's involved in corruption. And he's supposed to be the good guy? And they're all like it. Yeah, next year Here's when the we thing. Take over. My kids don't need a job. Daddy's got them. As much as I'll complain about it and as big of a pain in the ass they are. I got them. I'll take care of them. They're the fruit of my loins. I don't have to sell out to some short-in-the-pants Irishman. Or some other Democrat gangster. And that's, it's expensive to have pride. I'd rather be broke with pride than rich without it. Because that's what make me a political whore like the rest of them. And I want everybody to feel that way. Because the money they could take away from you. You see this. Listen to me. In all this bill, believe me, when they get to the page, there'll be money in it for the Gestapo, the IRS. They're not going to go after the Democrat insider traders like Nancy Pelosi's husband. They're not going to go review the estate of Richard Bloom, Diane Feinstein with her speed racer hairdo and how he amassed billions of dollars. They'll never look at that. They're going to look at you, Eduardo in Midway, because you call radio shows and you want the Leviathan to, to, to starve to death. You want to break the corruption in government. You're the one who's going to have your assets taken away. The government already takes away 50%. And you think that's legitimate? They tell you what part of your income you can keep, and that's legitimate. You don't have private property in this country anymore. You just saw Pritzker and the rest of the Democrat mafia shut it down. It's an illusion. America, land of the free, home of the brave. Poppycock. Poppycock. It's, it, it, it's land of the sheep, home of the complacent. People like us, we face the wrath of the government. Thank you very much, Eduardo. You know who had it right? It's Friday. Let's play The Only Voice Makes Me Smile. At the heart of my philosophy is much more libertarianism than 
Uh, then, uh, well, that's the fashionable word these days, I guess. Liber a conservative is no longer just that. He's a libertarian. Well, always has been. Because I how do we call a liberal... You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of, li of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny. Which one are you? You tell me in this country, if you're not at the thumb of a corrupt oligarch system yourselves, and they're not run by fascists, as you're afraid to go out of your house without a diaper on your face. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. If you're lucky enough to be alive during the 70s, 80s, and 90s in Chicago, we were very blessed to have a scientist, climatologist, meteorologist by the name of John Coleman, not just because he founded the Weather Channel, but he was one of the leading voices against the political weaponization of weather that would turn political whores like Al Gore into billionaires. To the day he died, he argued against the hypothesis and the science he recognized it for being political. When he was finally laid to rest, I thought to myself, boy, oh boy, this is going to be very difficult. But I did remember he always said there were tens of thousands of scientists, climatologists, who would put up a fight after his death. I am lucky enough to be interviewing David Legates. He's a research fellow at the Independent Institute and co-author of Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. He's also a retired professor of climatology in the Department of Geography and the retired adjunct professor in the Department of Applied Economics and Statistics at the University of Delaware. Thank you so much for joining me, David. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I recognize this as a weaponization of weather. I also recognize most of the time a good meteorologist that we are exposed to is right 50% of the time. The average is a little bit less. Is this truly the weaponization of fear and the weapon of science, climate change, to extort money and uh, control over people the way I think it is? I have long said this argument is no longer about the climate. It's no longer about science. It's all about changing the way in which we do business, getting rid of our capitalist structure and replacing it with some form of socialism or totalitarian regime that controls virtually everything you do. David, they've uh, they've used every scheme and scam. There was the the what was it? The East Anglia University, uh, the the email dump where they're open and notorious and they're corrupting the science. They've got the hockey yeah. stick. They've got the BS and all the rest of it. Yet we've got the history. Seventy years of predictions. These morons have been wrong. Why is that not enough to change the mind of people who have been swindled? 
because people have a short time frame. You tend to forget, and if I come out and I say, in 20 years, there will be no no ice on Glacier National Park, and I do that in 2000, by the time 2020 comes around, you'll have forgotten it, and we'll just simply go out and remove the signs like we did to say that by 2020, Glacier National Park will be glacier-free because it isn't. And we will then make more proclamations that maybe 2035 or 2045 they will all be gone. And in that time, you'll forget and we'll be moving on to another deadline. As you see the solutions and the idiocy in the solutions, we've got a transportation secretary who thinks the holes in the walls are magic. And if we just plug our cars into them, it'll all help. Um, so much of the so-called solutions from biomass, which is the destruction of forests to mimic energy and replace what is supposedly dirty coal, all of it is just a fraud. What makes the batteries, the destruction to the earth and mining for the lithium, you see what is an example of, of, of war around the world that they want to sell you is about politics when the reality is it's more about what's under the feet of these third world nations. Uh, do you have hope in the idea that more and more Americans will start to realize the con? I have I have said generally I'm a pessimist. I think it's going to get darker before it gets light again, uh, but I'm not a fatalist. I don't think the the end is going to have to, you know, we're going to be destroyed first, and then we're going to have to rebuild civilization from scratch. I don't think it's going to go that far. But I think it's sort of like Lysenkoism in the Soviet Union, where Lysenko was a... Uh, a Soviet peasant who came up with the idea that if you take seeds and you freeze them, that the trees and the bushes and the flowers that are produced from it will be more resilient to cold. And he took off, and this was flying in the face of Mendel's experiments with genetics. And so genetics was forbidden from study from the Soviet Union for a whole uh, generation. And finally, in the 1960s, they said, you know, this is really hurting our agriculture. We're going to have to throw it away and go back to genetics. And I think at some point, once a whole generation passes on, then other people are going to come out and say, you know, this was all a bunch of bunk. Let's go back and start doing it right, and we'll finally get it correct. But it's going to take a whole group of people that have been brainwashed for the last oh, 20, 30, 40 years to pass away before the new group says, uh, hold on. You know, in your book, you're exploring the data. What is the most, if you had to pick, the most obvious and the most appalling abuse of science that jumped out at you? Well, see, the issue is this was a book written by Fred Singer, and Fred's passed on, but he was uh, one of the quintessential scientists of our time, and he spent a lot of time in various academic positions doing research. He spent a lot of time in the federal government looking at it, and so that's why it's hot talk, which is the political science of it, and cold science, which is the scientific basis of what we really understand about climate. The, the issue has been that the two, I think the, the big thing stands out, is that the two are disconnected. This, the, the science moves in one direction, and a lot of times if you actually read what people write in the published literature, they will say all of the caveats, all of the ifs, ands, and buts, and you get the impression we really still don't understand everything there is to understand about the complex system that is the Earth's climate. But then you go to the political science side of everything, and that's where we're told the science is settled. 
in a sense that we don't need to do any more study on science. It's destroying the planet, and we've got to have all these draconian things enacted right now in order to save the planet. And I think that's the take-home message, is that this is a complete disconnect. The science doesn't dictate what we're doing in terms of the political science. The science isn't settled. The science is never settled. And the political science has an agenda that they're using the climate scientists to set. Aside from their predictions being drastically wrong, from the ice caps, from all the rest of it, through judicial manipulation of political judges, they were able to legally describe uh, carbon dioxide as a pollutant. I've heard the analogy of it being, you know, three seats in a football stadium or one seat in a football stadium and all the rest of it. But obviously, they're wrong. How can we reverse this through the fact that what you exhale is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction when it comes to greenhouse gases, not to mention the data that you're speaking of has only been collected for about 112, 120 years. That's it. The Earth is billions of years old, yet we've got this data for 120 years. is like looking through a keyhole 100 yards away and telling me how the Mona Lisa's smile is. It, it, sooner or later, can we reverse this corruption of our exhaling be, being a pollutant, which obviously they wanted that designation so they could tax us for it? I hope we can. I think it's going to take, as I said, a whole cohort of people to pass away before the, the new group finally says, wait a minute, what have we been told? Um, but in particular, I mean, all you have to do is go to any commercial greenhouse, and you find that in the corner there is a big box that produces carbon dioxide. It increases the carbon dioxide inside the greenhouse. Why is that? Because plants grow better under increased carbon dioxide. And we're seeing the, plant, the planet greening in many areas, particularly increased carbon dioxide. And the other interesting thing is that plants become more, more efficient users of water. So, in fact, where we've got issues associated with water scarcity, in fact, the plants go through less needs, less water demand when we have more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So it's been characterized as plant food. The plants grow better with carbon dioxide. They do better with carbon dioxide. Generally, temperatures are slightly warmer, uh, which leads to when temperatures are slightly warmer, it leads to more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and humans have done better as well. So the question is, why are we so anti-carbon dioxide when, in fact, we should be very pro-carbon dioxide because it helps all types of life on Earth? And the answer, of course, again, is it has nothing to do with the science. It has everything to do with getting you to, uh, to change the way you live. I'm looking at the government now that is rogue, as far as I'm concerned. I'm looking at the comfortable nature of fascism. I remember um, when the fires were going on in California, quietly, they found that a sociology professor from um, California, a California University, the name escapes me, I think it was Berkeley, but I'm not sure, was actually accused of setting those fires. On top of that, you had an electric company that admitted and paid a fine to setting those fires. We have a head of the Bureau of Land Management named Tr Tracy Stone Manning, who pled guilty to working with an eco-terrorism group that was spiking trees for loggers. Has the infiltration of bureaucracies 
gotten to a level that um, can hopefully be corrected through elections? Or is this something that we have to revisit the power we give these bureaucracies like the EPA, which was created from an executive order? I mean, is there a way for us to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that these institutions are corrupted by ideologue fascists? See, I think, and that's, as I said, I am, I am a, uh, I am skeptic. So therefore, I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. But down the road, I think somebody and a group of people will finally rise up and say, enough's enough. And that's where I'm hoping we get to sooner than later. Because you're exactly right. These kinds of things have been purported and have been pushed on us all of these years. And at some point, we have to stop it. But I don't see us, for example, going in and saying, let's do away with the EPA. I mean, I worked with the Trump administration, and I would have hoped that they would have tried to scale back on a lot of this stuff. And I didn't get into the Trump administration until three and a half years in. They should have replaced the people that I replaced, for example, or much, much earlier. And that was a disappointment that we had an opportunity to turn back the clock and we didn't do as much as we should have. I used to be a commodity trader way, way back. And um, back then, Al Gore, as a partner with Hank Paulson, a Republican, was imp trying to implement a climate exchange in downtown Chicago. And they needed market makers to come in because they had come up with a taxing scheme of uh, carbon tax. And they were going to have it on a market because they have come up with this and I don't know what the economics are, and the reason I'm asking you is you're an economics guy. They came up with this basis of the right to pollute. They were going to sell this pollution permission through carbon taxation. It was very complex, and they needed people to make a market. In the information that they gave you was they were explaining how there was a built-in profit model. It was, in essence, a condor, as it's called in trading. It had a body and two wings, and it was going to be New York and L.A. and Chicago and the Midwest. This is obviously, to me a scheme that was created on a premise to allow taxation. And what I'm having a hard time figuring out is what was the formula in economics that they came up with to tax people on polluting? Has it ever been, has it ever been examined? Have they released it? How did these gods among us come up with this permission to tax? And how are they going to enforce it to these communist countries like China, who is going full forward in the old-fashioned money-making energy plan? Well, I was actually on the statistics side of the Department of Applied Economics and Statistics. But um, I can say that part of what I understand about the economics is that cap-and-trade eventually failed, first of all, because it's a bad idea. It's essentially paying for indulgences. But the second issue is that it sounded too much like capitalism. And that just, that ultimately wasn't where they wanted to be or where they wanted to go. And so those that were making the money out of cap-and-trade made their money off the cap-and-trade, and then it all died away when there was no more money to be made. You know, in your book, you give me hope because I started, I was a big fan of John Coleman. And he had argued for years before the, the scandal of the East Anglia University, which I believe is how you pronounce it, in yep. Europe that had the, uh, the, the email scam where the scientists were rigging. Back then it was the hockey stick. And he argued to the, the day he died that there were tens of thousands of scientists, of honest men, who knew that this was a hoax, as your book, or as this book that you co- I believe you co-authored it, didn't you? 
Um, um, well, it's with. Fred did all the work, and since Fred was in his early 90s, his mind was, was excellent, but his body wasn't keeping up. Yeah. So I and Tony Lupo both helped out with uh, doing some uh, research and doing uh, post-editing, uh, making sure that what he had written made sense. So with this and with the, the circles you travel in, I'm turning to you to give me hope that there still are those thousands of honest men who are scientists, who are climatologists, who are meteorologists, who do not buy the scam. Is that still the case? I think that's true. The problem is a lot of them are still too silent. I go to meetings, I talk to people, they come up to me and say, you know, I agree with you. The problem is I don't want to be attacked like you've been attacked. So therefore, I'm just going to remain quiet. You know, if I do my research and I say the right things, the deans are happy. I bring in money from grants. The deans, again, are happy. I get promoted. Everything is fine. And that's the way I want to just keep my life going. The issue then generally becomes when some of these people retire. And then you'll notice when they retire, a lot of them start to speak out. And that's because in academia, in government, you cannot speak out against this status quo. You cannot speak out against the, uh, the carbon dioxide uh, disaster scenario because they will destroy you. So we tell students coming out, do not, I mean, even if you believe exactly what I say, do not tell anybody because you'll never get tenure, you'll never get a job, you'll be thrown out of the university, and your whole career will go down the tubes. And essentially, you've got to play a shell game all the way along while you're moving to until you retire, and then you can speak out. And a lot of people at that point say, you know, I just want to retire and be done with all this. I'm not going to speak out. And I think that's the danger that we went into is that science, a lot of scientists really know what's going on, but they're just unwilling to speak. I want to thank you for not just coming on my show, but I want to thank you for having the courage to do so because you will inspire others to expose the fraud and the bastardization of science in the name of government control and profit. So thank you, David Legatz. I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. We'll be back after this with your calls. AM 560, The Answer. It's raining man. They got us right where they want us. Right where they want us. And nobody's talking about the other issues. I think this bill is an atrocity. It'll be crammed through. What's in it is a bribery scheme, a payoff scheme, a corruption schematic blueprint. Remember that Green New Deal everyone made fun of that dimwit bartender AOC for? They're piecemealing it into our lives for eternity. 2,700 page bill. Who's talking about it? Ooh, Ukraine, it's terrible. It's tragic. Terrible. What, who wants to bet the under over? Which one will have more mindless deaths? Ukraine or the city of Chicago? Which one at the end of the year? I got 200 on Chicago. Anybody want a piece of that? Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. I just uh, want to thank you for getting me aggravated. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, now call my wife you know, when we're done. Tell her it's normal. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It, it, I appreciate it. I'm sure everybody that listens to you does too. Thank you. But, you know, just because we are going to change our ways supposedly for the better doesn't mean China, India, and Russia are going to do the same thing. So it's going to be a wash. Yeah, and Dave, it means even worse. It means they're going to make more money doing it. 
This is why. Exactly. You know, I, I've got politician after politician. I've got Joe Biden somewhere talking about uh, uh, how bad it was uh, Maduro is and how they recognize the other guy as president. Remember that? When they, told, when they rightfully said that Maduro stole the election, but then they had to change their train, you know, because they did. And all the rest of it. What this does is not only weaken us and put us as serfs to the tyrant government, it strengthens all the real dictators. But see, I'm starting to think they're not so opposite. I'm starting to think they work in conjunction with each other. Thank you, Dave. That can be the only excuse for this. It can be the only excuse for this. They, too, profit when our enemies profit. You can't tell me that this is intentional. And if I can ask you, Madam Vice President, President Biden has said that Americans will feel some pain for the sake of defending freedom and liberty, but there does seem to be no end game in sight. How long should Americans expect, how long should we be bracing for um, this really sort of um, historic inflation and some unprecedented gas prices? What do you think? She's all the way in Rome. Didn't expect it. Get your feet under you. In terms of uh, the discussions that the president, Johannes, and I had, uh, they ranged in subject, including the issue of the Black Sea, and I'll let him explain in more detail as he would like. Uh, But we are, again, Uh fully aware and apprised because we are in constant communication with the president, with his administration here. What's that have to do about the concerns that they have about the entire region and, frankly, the vulnerability. No, 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 that's not what he asked. Look at the map. What, you got the wrong earpiece in, stupid? Put your clothes on, you moron. She's promising more money to Romania. Think she gives a rip about the Americans? What a great scam. Mike and Lombard. Mike and Lombard. Yeah, hey, how's it going, Sean? So, I... Good, good. In uh, 2008, I was unemployed. My buddy came across and said, hey, Obama's going into office. He's got this Kyoto plan. Long and short, I got into this business and tried to figure out how it all worked. And it's pretty corrupt, as you say. So what the idea is, is you, these companies pollute. So they put these, they take measurements on how much uh, carbon they pollute out of their stacks. Once they had that, then they could tell them, all right, you have uh, screwed up the country so bad with carbon emissions so you have to buy these forests that are all around the world that these investors and these green companies have, and they lease out these renewable tree forests. So they cut them down after 25 years. They're supposed to grow and eat the carbon. Ultimately, you're selling people air, and it's really just a cheat. Uh, it's just it's not it's a real BS deal. And then, did they ever it. factor in how they've already come up with a solution for these stack pollutions, and they're already treating that carbon? And, well, and, and, and the, and the, thing the is, intensity like, by 90 percent in some cases. Well, well, so you go to China and they put the scrubbers on when the testers go there. And when they leave, they turn them off. So they're putting out pollutants. They don't care about the Kyoto or any other communists. green anything. And same with Russia you know or what, uh, India or Africa. These communists are so lying. We could produce it cleaner. We could produce it cleaner here in the systems we have. But we're going to just like they do the electric cars, which is something that I work with, too. They take the electric and it goes, yeah, your muffler doesn't, you don't have a muffler, but you're putting the, the, the weight on the utility company. And they you know still have to produce, thing? you're still burning They don't know what coal. to do with the batteries that don't last. And when an electric car goes right. bad, it, what do the batteries cost? That's, a, that's right. So the batteries, they pollute when you make them, they pollute the distributor to get rid of them. And if they really cared about being green, 
there's something out there called a hydrogen cell, which has no emissions whatsoever. This is where people got their money, and that's why this is going through. You're 100% right on that. Love the call, kid. Love it. See, there are solutions. You know who came up with that hydrogen? America. American ingenuity. But like diesel. Don't, by the way, don't go on a cruise. You don't want to know how Hans Diesel went on a cruise, celebrated, and never came off the cruise. But then the diesels, they're also cleaner too. Oh, yes, they are. And they don't necessarily have to run on conventional fuel. Oh, no. In fact, the government had to tax diesel into oblivion because it would really cost about a third of what other gas costs. And then you could run it on all kinds of grease and different things. That's not a solution, though. There ain't no money in it. You all is a couple of bookies. One giant scam. Bob, Buffalo Grove. Hi, Bob. What about Bob? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. How are you doing? Uh, talking to that it's been a long time. Yeah, sure. I missed you. Really. Terrible. Uh, I've been following the um, climate change issue for many years. In fact, I listened to a webinar on it today from the Heartland Institute. Uh-huh. And here's one question. Um that nobody ever asks anybody, what is the optimum Earth temperature? And where are we right now with our temperatures relative to past years? I've heard stories that uh, the Roman era was actually warmer than it was um, now. They They didn't write it down, or they didn't write it down in English. Either way, any excuse to throw it out. And they still will never talk about 1933. Nobody wants to talk about 1933. You know all those records we break? All those records we break. Yeah. They're either from 1933 or they're from 1885. Now, 1885, we didn't have a lot of cars driving around, um, and yet it seemed to be warmer. The last thing they need, the last thing a Democrat gangster needs is for the suckers that are part of the Democrat mafia to have perspective. Bob, you understand that, but you're an engineer. And by the way, if you find a, a correlation between climate change and my increasing bald, bald spot, which I think is due to my college kids. You figure that out. You call me first. Thank you, Bob. You know I love the calls. It's always good to have an engineer in the audience. Dr. Joe, Greece. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, we got to recognize the fact that uh, the green ones, they, they pretend to be green. My father used to say, call them watermelons. Because they are red on the inside and uh, the seeds are black. They are fascists. Oh, like so, and green, and, and green and, on the outside for communists. Oh, I like where this yeah, is Yeah, that's correct. Oh, right. Yeah, that's and the, the funny part is, you know, talking about the temperature back in uh, ancient Greece, uh, nobody was wearing a coat uh, that I can tell. They were <laughs> all... togas. <laughs> they yes. were wearing sheep. Yes, <laughs> yeah, sure. Socrates. You know why he hated, uh, or, or, or which one was it? Was it Socrates or was it? Uh, Socrates, Socrates, yeah. Socrates, right? He hated democracy because they voted to kill him after him. He was teaching the kids how to think. Wasn't it Socrates? Yeah, but he had to follow the law, though. He, he had to be true to the law. Uh, if the law said that he had to die, he died. Right. Yeah. There's your democracy That's for you, Dr. Joe. Something tells me we should run when they say democracy. Thank you very much, yeah, and thank you for listening all the way in Greece. I am very proud, very honored, and I want you to call again. We have a deal? Yes, sir. Thank oh, you. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments. If you're on the line, stay on the line, 312-642-5600. I'll be back. 
560. The answer. There should be a national outcry to stop the omnibus bill. I don't know if you can stop it. After all, they're, they're all in on it. If the Republican Party can hold, that might be a solution. But nonetheless, can you almost blame them for how stupid we are as a people? Just wrap it in Ukraine. She went to Romania, promised more money. Where's that going to come from? Another omnibus bill. Because you know it's not in this one. Oh, they've got money for the, the, the opera. Bunch of guys in leotards hopping around like Pete Buttigieg on a Saturday night. They get money. How about the shellfish? Yeah, you get a couple million too, shellfish. I mean, it's an, ins- it's an insult to not just you. Who's going to pay it? Not you. You're not going to pay. This Ponzi scheme of the Federal Reserve and this monetization of debt, they have no intention of paying it off. After all, that, then the money flow stops. That's why they don't want to tell you who's in on it. This is the greatest con job in world history. Dave Barrington. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Non- another wonderful program. Oh, I always catch you any chance I can. A little earlier you were uh, talking about, um, oh, I guess, the infamous uh, Al Gore, Mike Paulson, environmental Hank, oh, Hank tax Paulson. credit. Yeah. Hank Paulson, yep, yes. yep. And, you know, I remember back in the 90s, we qualified for a program found out later it was their program they put together you could pay 20 cents on a dollar for tax credits and yeah baby we took it we took advantage of that when it was still available and while we still qualified for a window of opportunity but you know one thing i wondered sean was where did that 20 30 cents that you bought into go (laughs) <laughs> it went to Al Gore's electric bill because, if you know, in Tennessee, his is like 70 times what the average person is. But here's the other thing. Yeah, he's got, he's got his own gasoline-powered uh, generators. Here's the thing that's very interesting, Dave. Do you know where Hank Paulson lives? He lives in my backyard, yes. I brushed up against him and wanted to punch him in the face, and my well, wife pulls me back every time. It's where, but, but you know where his technical address is? Is in Puerto Rico along with Louis Gutierrez. And you know know why? Because Puerto Rico is a tax haven. That's why all the politicians reside in Puerto Rico. They don't have to pay any taxes. So I always love the irony. He's going to beat you out, beat you out in Florida when everyone catches on what the deal is, because, you know, that's what happens. Yes, yes. Well, that's okay. I just want all the good good people to move down here and make sure Florida stays red. I'm pretty sure my idea of a trench to just cut it off from the rest of the country. I think that's catching steam. Thank you very much, Dave. And as you know, that's the only way you can survive in a corrupt world is to separate yourself from the gangsters. The only hope. Susan, West Hi. Chicago. Hi, Sean. Imagine the, the left. They think, you know, they think these windmills and solar panels are going to just do the job that we need done. And I'm trying to imagine what it's looked like in Chicago on a 95-degree-in-the-shade day when all the people come home with their electric beauties and plug them all in at the same time. What do you think is going to happen? I think China will love selling us energy in the future, and I'm just trying to decide if they will let (laughs) us commingle with them in their massage parlors or if they're going to have an extra fee for that. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm pretty sure we're either going to be speaking Mandarin, which is better (laughs) Than that Russian-Ukrainian language. Not, you know, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but you know, it's obviously not the language of love. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it, Susan. It's a, it's a, it's a rough language to listen to. I, I've tried to listen to a lot of clips. 
Uh, I don't mind the interpreter, though. Ron Valparaiso. Hey, John, I just wanted to tell you, you, know, you had, like, Conspiracy Theory Thursday. Well, I've got one for you. Just before the 2022 midterms, we're going to have an energy stimulus, and it's going to be to buy your vote. It's going to be $1,500, $2,000. It's going to be there. Oh, you got that in Illinois now. Pritzker's trying to do that. Pritzker's trying to do that. He's trying to bribe people to vote sure. for him. So he's trying to pretend he's, he's oh, helping them. Yeah. Ron, yeah. they got us. You know, the, good, and, the only time to live where a Democrat rules is, a, is those last six months before the election. That's when they give you back a little oh, bit yeah. of freedom in hopes you don't realize how much they took away. Isn't that the real trick? Pretty soon you'll be thanking your abuser. They call it the city of Chicago, state of Illinois. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. In a time in America where information is censored or redacted, opinion is something you can only have if you agree with the state. I don't like that. I don't like that. It not only isn't an American principle, it makes me think there's something to hide. You notice how over the last 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, a controlled government-approved opinion is the only one most people are willing to have. I like when people make you think. I really do. I really do. You have all the money in the world you need. You have all the power you need. What's the point? You know, what's the end goal? I said the end goal is to control the world. These people out here who believe in this worldwide sat- Satanist conspiracy, okay? Some people who uh, make you think sometimes are maligned by media. Their reputation is destroyed or attacked. Some people, that frightens them. Other people, it inspires them. Sean Stone is one of those people. He comes from a legacy of those people who are inspired by an attack of his, his views. I am so happy to bring him on. I'm more, even more excited to see his new document, documentary, Best Kept Secret. Sean, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm good. It's too bad we can't do this in person. Well, we are. <laughs> we're we're going right? to go in person tonight. We're going to have a cigar. And I got lucky enough you're in my neighborhood. So I wanted right? to have you on because I find this to be very interesting. And the reason I do is when Epstein's story broke and Lolita Express, I thought to myself, come on, this is obviously insane. There's no way this could happen. Turns out that's just the tip of the iceberg. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good expression. And uh, what we what we know is that we don't know. I would say that's, that's pretty much the case with Epstein. And when you were doing your documentary, were you shocked at what you were finding? No, because I've been doing this really for over 10 years. I mean, I, I started understanding. The Epstein case took me back in our memory to the Franklin scandal, which is where my docuseries starts. Have you heard about the Franklin cover-up? No, Franklin come, on. Scandal? come on, give me the clip well, notes. I love this because uh, it's a preview yeah. to your documentary. Exactly, yeah. I mean, talk about a major story from the 
you know, the, the, the north, central north of our country, Nebraska, um, Franklin, Nebraska, there was a credit union that got raided. It was owned, part, part one of the owners or one of the board members was uh, uh, Lawrence King, who was a very prominent uh, member of the Republican Party at the time. He had sung the national anthem, I think, in uh, maybe in 88 and, uh, or 92, one of those years. And the point is that it was, it was uh, exposed that there was a trafficking network with children, you know, a lot of young boys being trafficked from like Boys Town, places like this, um, and uh, basically facilitating pedophile parties. And there were even accusations all the way up to the the White House at the time that they, you know, this is the the the, the Reagan Bush years that they had been basically bringing boys uh, up to the White House after hours, not necessarily for Reagan, just you know whoever it was at that level. Uh, Only one of them more funny socks. That's my pick. Uh, I also also think that um, the Jeffrey Epstein is really still, the the effects are rippling through as you see Prince Andrew, or I think that's his name. I don't like to call people Prince or King or Queen or the rest of it. But it looks like that inbred, bluebred, phony royal has got some problems. And it looks like there's a reason that Jeffrey Epstein was so depressed and had to hang himself. (laughs) (laughs) right yeah um look i mean epstein is a fascinating character i mean i mentioned the franklin scandal because that was again a story that was you know that was that broke briefly very much suppressed the doj fbi went after the victims the investigator who was part of the state senate's investigation his his plane dissolved in midair uh literally i mean this these people people were killed obviously in the process of covering it up and it never really broke Epstein sort of, you know, coming years later, similar, you know, man connected to, to politicians, to obviously mentioned Prince Andrew, to finance, big money, the, was it Wexler, the head of uh, Victoria's Secret, um, you know, just to name one, of Leon Black, another major finance guy. I mean, this is, you know, these are huge players. You talk about money, big money, influence. Uh, Epstein, obviously, you know, very close with the Clintons. Just, you know, this, this, this weird network so, you know, why are we surprised when the guy dies, you know, right when they finally get him in jail? And, you know, who knows what he said before then, though, you know, there's, we, we don't know what, what has, you know, ultimately the, what, what the DOJ and others have, because I mean, look what happened with the Wiener uh, laptop and such, you know, it's just like these things just disappear into that, you know, that vault wherever Kennedy's head went missing, Kennedy's brain went missing. I mean, it's just, it's like, there's so much corruption in our government. It's just ridiculous. And this is something that I think, um, you know, most people who look into this, it's it's really not that hard to find this kind yeah. of scandal, this kind of evidence. Yet, for some reason, the vast majority of the public was fine getting the excuse that Jeffrey Epstein hung himself, even though they had Michael Bodden come on, even though the convenience of it and the rest of it. Do you think it's psychological that most people, most normal people, when you hear this kind of thing between the pedophilia ring between the, the, the possibility of, of Satan worshipers and all the rest of it. When you hear it, it's an ugly truth. It's an ugly thing that people are capable of doing. Do you think that they're just, you know, I have to tell you, I mean, I, I'm glad the son of a dog is dead. I'm upset he didn't get to really show exactly how interwoven with the American oligarchs, which is really the best way to describe them, the American yeah. oligarch network is. 
Um, yeah. Do you think it's just people are just disgusted by the atrocity of it all? Um, I don't, you know, honestly, if, if you took a poll amongst people, I wouldn't be surprised if most people thought that Epstein was suicided or killed. Um, I think the American people are actually smarter than, than the media gives them credit. You know, it's like Kennedy's assassination. You know, the, the, most people didn't believe the Warren Commission. Um, you know, and that went back to even the, the late uh, 60s, 70s time period, I believe, with the polling. So I think, you know, the thing is that most people in America uh, have common sense. They're working class, middle class people. You end up with the educated class, which I find to be in many ways the dumbest, the, yeah. the most miseducated, right? It's like that, was it the Mark Twain thing? You read the newspaper. Uh, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. And I think the problem is that most, when we say most people, we're really referring to sort of the the educated class, the the people that you know that we consider to be influencers and more of the you know so-called elite, right? Well, what we learned from the last two years is the elite trust the elite, the common people don't, and and that's why I give a lot of credit to you know where most people you know who who just kind of get it and they know that things are corrupt and they smell things are off. I trust them more than I trust these people I went to college with, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it just it, it it you know because they ultimately they just they indoctrinate you for the most part in the way the system works. And so it's like, ah, whatever, turn a blind eye, just ignore this. Let me just trust the, the biased media so that I can go about my day without having to think. Now, Sean, you're a filmmaker, you're a media host, you're an author on your own right, and I don't mean to do this to you, but you are also very lucky because you are the mm-hmm. son of Oliver Stone. And you grew up with this inquisitive mind and you grew up with somebody prodding at uncomfortable topics and exposing mm-hmm. or, or telling a story that a lot of people didn't want to be told, one of uh, the films that your father did recently in the last seven years was Ukraine Burning, or Ukraine on Fire, excuse me. And um, I found that to be a very interesting, very provocative kind of informational documentary. Did you work on him with that? I mean, work with him on that? No, uh, no, actually, I really wasn't involved. I saw, you know, I, I watched it when it came out, and I just appreciated that, uh, you know, they were exposing what at that time was clear to those of us paying attention as far as color revolutions. You know, we'd heard already to the 2000s, we'd seen a lot of the Soros-financed open society color revolutions across the world, right? Um, we'd seen it, you know, in, in countless countries, including in Ukraine back in, I think, 2000 initially. So uh, the fact that this documentary helped to expose these things and the 2014 coup as very much a color revolution operation, um, I appreciate it at the time. And obviously, you know, we didn't realize uh, how much it would come full circle, this moment where YouTube is taking it off, uh, you know, take, taking it down, but, you know, and Amazon is shadow banning it. But I think people are catching on. And the reality is this, this issue in Ukraine, when you see it, it's complex to a certain extent. It's also riddled with scandal. Uh, Stefan Bandera, uh, it's riddled with the fact that our own Congress passed a law that we were not to give weapons to the Azov Battalion and the rest of it. When, you see, when you see media now promote this, this uh, state-approved ideology, state-approved history of Ukraine, with all that you know about it and all you know about the players in it, are you shocked there's not more? Of an outcry because I'm hearing. Listen, this is CNN to, to Fox News to everybody in the middle. They are all well, selling the same story. Well, Tucker isn't. Tucker Carlson has been has been done some good work, uh, and I think that's really to me that's really where I would say the 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 
flyover country conservative stance, more with Tucker. I think a lot of people have wisened up and, you know, they started to distrust Fox, you know, with the election fraud. Um, and, and they started realizing, well, you know, Tucker seems pretty good. At least he's asking questions, you know, on vaccine safety, on the, all these different issues, whereas a lot of mainstream Fox wasn't. So where I see it is people either have wisened up at this point and realized, hey, the same people that hoisted the lockdowns and the pandemic on you for two years uh, are now pushing you into uh, a conflict with Russia. You know, I think a lot of I give again, I give a lot of credit to, to the to the that more conservative tendencies in America to start looking. And I believe a lot of people are watching the alternative news for a reason. You know, the CNN, all that was plummeting a few, you know, last month or two months ago. And uh, Rogan was take Joe Rogan was taken off. So I think people can't be that fooled uh, by by this Ukraine thing. I think people wisened up pretty quick, especially when it came to the chemical weapons and the bio, bio labs that that the government was lying about. Uh, as you know, as that became clear that yes, we we did install some bio labs there, and who knows what they were working on. Um, I, I think people are starting to wake up a little bit. So I'm curious with the with the European oligarchs that you've seen kind of manipulate the narrative in European countries, the acceptance of the European oligarchs, and you see we yeah. just simply don't use that word. We call them statesmen. And you see the yeah. political oligarchs in the Democrat and Republican Party, and then you do a yeah. documentary on this ring and it, it really encompasses both republicans and democrats democrats yeah how how big is the intersection between the the underbelly of uh, atrocities of this pedophilia non uh, you know mm. it's an atrocity and and these american oligarchs and european oligarchs is there an intersection anywhere? yeah oh i mean it's 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 look i mean you can say you know as far as you know ideology goes right i mean biden is a neocon Right. This guy was one of the architects of the Iraq war. I mean, there's no way that you can tell me that this guy, Biden, is 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 much different from a Cheney or, uh, you know, or any of the other neocons of the Bush administration. Right. And, Clinton, you know, Hillary Clinton, too. I mean, they were all pushing for the Iraq war. They all, you know, so what is the difference in Democrat and Republican? Right. They, when it comes to war, when it comes to feasting on on uh, the traffic, you know, on, on arms, destruction, the, tra- the human trafficking that comes with it, the uh, drug trafficking that comes with it, all these different factors that are part and parcel of the underground economy. Guess where that goes? I mean, all that trafficking ultimately goes into the banks. It goes into our, you know, into our, into our Wall Street bank, you know, and city, you know, our city banks and our Mo- J.P. Morgan's, HSBC. I mean, HSBC was born as a drug trafficking bank. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. just funny how this whole underground economy facilitates. It goes hand in hand with it, and that's. You know, and that's why these things are allowed to perpetuate. And that's why they, you know, they open the border and they just, you know, they, well, especially, you know, Biden obviously is pushing this, you know, just open the border, you know, try to, you know, basically try to destroy any notion of, 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 na- of national sovereignty. That's really what the New World Order agenda has been about. It's been destruction of nation states to absorb them into global government structures, global financial structures, right? Take the power as far away from the individual as possible. And uh, the American Constitution is the biggest barrier to the New World Order. I started out being very critical of Donald Trump. I didn't like a lot of his aspect. I didn't like a lot of his history. Um, Mm -hmm. It turns out his policies, however, were Mm -hmm. something where I did like very specific policies. His policy that really benefited America was his foreign policy to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. above all, his border policy. There was a nice Mm -hmm. respite from business as usual. Do you think the appetite yeah. for uh, for that among Americans is growing the way I feel it is? Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. I think I think uh, 
you know, it's like, I think there's a split, really. I mean, I, I really think that you have to kind of isolate Democrats versus the rest of America, because hardcore Democrats are on a different wavelength. Hardcore Democrats, I heard a poll, you know, 70% were more concerned about Ukraine's border than their own border. Um, I, I think Americans are not Democrats. <laughs> I yeah. think most Americans are, you know, that's why I say the election fraud. You know, I think most Americans voted for, for Trump. I think the majority of Americans have a, a more conservative instinct. And, uh, you know, they ha- you know, they've not been indoctrinated by the education system that's basically worked to demolish any, any notion of uh, how beautiful and great this country is. And uh, this is coming from me as, a, as one of the, the biggest critics of American history and the, the deep state apparatus and the various, you know, foreign policy blunders and whatnot, but still honoring and respecting what this country represents, especially based on our Constitution. Now to a place where the you know, Washington Post says that uh, people promoting freedom are white nationalists or white, uh, yeah, white nationalists or white supremacists. I'm sorry, yeah. pushing freedom. Uh, this is this is this is a this is a this is the psychosis of the ruling elite. This is what their their psychology is to perpetuate hatred, uh, division, and uh, and and uh, and total inversions basically of reality to better control people. And that's really what's what's being done. And I say, you know, obviously the Democrats are the spearheads of it. But there are plenty of Republican, you know, the neocon types, the the uh, the total, you know, how you say the rhino, or mm-hmm. I think rhino is probably not even the right, you know, not necessarily the right term, but just sort of deep state Republicans, right, yeah. who are just there to go along to get along, you know, get get pork in, in their bills, uh, put money in their pockets, you know, this we have an oligarchy here, absolutely, it's not just the Bill Gateses, it's the Bidens and the Obamas and the Cheneys and the Clintons and the Bushes and those that have pro- that have profited. From decades of uh, of their of their their so called you know public service so called. I love it. The documentary is best kept secret. Where can the people go to find it? How can where can they go to see the rest of your? Because you you are a writer. You are writing op eds. You're doing everything and keep up with your career. Where can the people go? Sure. I mean, the best place really is seanstone.info. My website uh, has links to basically all my all my work. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's the best place. And I'm also on Patreon if they want to uh, check out my new interviews and support me in that way. Sean, I want to thank you so much for joining me, and I want to thank you for creating, um, you know, food for thought. And I really love the what I've seen. I have to admit, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I've got 25 minutes left. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing the end, and I'm looking forward to buying your coffee. So thank you very much, Sean Stone. Thank you for coming on. A pleasure. Thanks, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM 560, the answer. (laughs) All right, now listen, um, this is the last segment before Friday features with me. Obviously, I'm going to pick a Stone film, not just because I love them, but because I believe they're informative. I want to know what you're going to pick. And in the meantime, let me take a call. Dino Gilbert. Hey, Sean. Good to hear from you. You know, every time I have dinner, we watch you on the big YouTube, and every time you smoke up that stogie, I turn to my wife, a noble character from Melville's Park, and I go, look at that. It's so delicious. Really? Does she know? No, no, no. Did your wife cross paths with my family or me? You know what? We can never know. I'm sure I'm sure they have. But, hey, listen, off of uh, Scripture of Luke eight seventeen, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. 
in a nutshell, when I was on the job, we were investigating a cartel-related kidnapping. The state's attorney in the 90s had said, this is a rescue mission. Go make it happen. We had assistance from the U.S. Marshals trained by the CIA. We pinged the phone. We found the bad guy. We grabbed him. We had him for a week in our PD. No one knew. His family reported him missing. What's my point? This is suburban police department low budget. Do you really think that Epstein's dead? you got high-level elite people. What he knew, they scrubbed that island, computer forensics. Where is all that data, all that digital data? I'm confident he's smoking a cigar, probably not as good as your cigar, oh. and he's in protective custody, and he's talking, and he's spilling the beans. Boy, I hope you're right, because him dying protected a lot of scum. Him dying protected the mafia, and him dying really kind of, in a, in a sad way, gave a nod to the kind of abuse that went on on that island that we can only imagine and thankfully we of course really be of course so um well i hope you know what, you're Lister, right oh well uh, you know what i think it's plausible it's deductive and yeah, no, it's, it's plausible deductive inductive reasoning your guest prior talked about the warrant commission people questioned it yeah his father and and you had a yeah, exactly you had a great you had a great segue and i just want to throw it out there because i don't think it's past the realm of possibility it's very plausible I agree with you, Dino. I mean, anything's possible because it certainly isn't possible that Oswald killed Kennedy. I like that. See, we tie everything together. And uh, I'll tell you, that, that, that prodding into that information, that state-approved information, is what really kind of makes people think, and it kind of exposes the truth because there ain't no fracking way they're, they're, they're coming to answers in the Kennedy assassination or in the Epstein case. And it looks to me like you protected a lot of scum pedophiles. 312-642-5600. When I get back, Friday features with me. Boy, oh boy. Obviously, it's going to be JFK. Obviously, it's going to be a stone documentary. But I want to know what yours are after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right. Two picks. Ukraine on fire, best kept secret. I'm telling you right now, Ukraine on fire will really open your eyes. They both will. But Ukraine on fire was done after the 14 upheaval in Ukraine. I think it's interesting to just have some perspective on it. After all, if you listen to a Democrat, it all started yesterday. And they're the ones telling you the truth. They don't want you to look at the legacy of corruption between American oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, and Russian oligarchs. Then there's the twist of the Chinese. Very, very interesting. But I want to know what you recommend for me. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Okay, a couple of things and then a comment. First thing is the confession tapes. It's a documentary about how people were pressured into giving confessions when they didn't even know they were giving confessions. Wait, I, is this on Showtime? It's on Netflix. Netflix, okay. I did see. I did some see. People get railroaded. Yeah. Does, it talk yeah about, people get railroaded. does it talk about what happens when um, government seizes their assets? I don't. I don't remember. Right, uh, I just. I like. It's the concept of that. The other one. It's an old one. I think you should watch. It's uh, the last hurrah with Spencer Tracy. Love Spencer. It's Tracy. It's about an old, old, old Irish politician. How he's in Boston. How he's waning and losing, and that, and how that machine is falling apart. And then the last thing I want to say in relation to that is I hope that Tracy. No, what's her name? Christine Shanahan McGovern. I hope she has some some Republican precinct captains that are out there to help her get elected. I hope she does, too. I'm not quite sure how it works because I can't stand Illinois Republicans. 
I can't stand them. And the yeah. idea that you're contributing to a party that has such scum in it as the Durkin scum or the Brady scum, that's where I, you know. But, so it, I, but it, it, do you it, think they're going to come donating to the time. Yeah, all right. Well, I hope, I, I hope it's just people donating time, putting a couple hours in, you know, maybe a month. I'd to like get to see an Illinois like movement to, to destroy the Republican Party in Illinois. Let the Democrat yeah, mafia the, thrive because that's what built that city. But I'd like to destroy the, spring, the Republicans that enable them. Absolutely. From the inside out, from the yeah. bottom up. Yeah, but I don't want to call it Republican anymore because it makes me think of fat, Irish, corrupt lobbyists, lawyers, and scumbags all the way around. What do you think of that? You should have that. You should have that guy Dan Schultz on your show talk about it, about Schultz. how that would change. It the sounds Republican a little German. Party. Can I call him Von? Dan Schultz. Schultz. It's it's well, it's close to Norwegian. I mean, right. yeah. no, you know, the Vikings kind of traveled around. The there's us area. and there's everybody else, and then the Italians are okay, you know, because the the, the the Vikings find the dark women attractive. Thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate the call, Fred Orland Park. Hi, noon, Gary Cooper. He represents Ukraine. His wife, Grace Kelly's Poland. Oh, mayor, I like this. And a corrupt mayor is Biden. I, I like it all. I'll tell you what, Fred, that was my grandfather's favorite. Love Gary Cooper. And he used to just sit there with a smile yeah. on his face watching Gary Cooper. I'll tell you what. You, you know what? I'm going to watch it, Fred. Thank you very much. I appreciate the All right. Call. Take care. You too, buddy. Kip Geneva. Sean, great show. Thank you, buddy. Two for you. You may have seen this one, Three Days with the Condor. I have seen it, and Robert I, I'll Redford. tell you what, I love it. Love it. Don't you love at the end when he uh, looks at Robert Redford about the New York Times and says, what if they don't print it? Can I tell you, Kip, how upset I was when I found out that Robert Redford was a pseudo-intellectual, soft communist? I couldn't believe I love that son of a gun. He's in every movie I love. Did you ever see the one Jeremiah Johnson? True story. Yes, I did. That yeah. is a killer movie. Jeremiah Johnson, Robert. I love Robert Redford and everything he did. It wasn't until he started to say, you know, his opinion that I said, this soft communist piece of dunk. But all right. I love that movie but, and everyone well, should watch it. Don't they, they always, when they speak up, ruin, ruin everything? I can separate it. I have a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Dirty Curdy. He can't separate it. So he, he grew up being a Robert De Niro fan. Then Robert De Niro opened his mouth. He can't watch a damn thing. I can... I can separate it, and I'll tell you why. These are people of such low character, such, such low standards. They give themselves awards for imitating characteristics and personalities they don't have. So no I like kidding, that. No kidding. Shut up. Here's yeah. $20. Now act like a man. I like it, Kip. I've got it's a all how documentary you for you. What do you got? You got YouTube. Winter War. That's when Russia was invading Finland. Oh, I saw this. I saw the preview. I didn't see the thing. I saw the preview, and I skipped it. Winter War. Thank Kip, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Now, this, this, this is allegedly the man who uh, cuddles up with my honey bunny. All right, George. Can't decide if I'm... Oh, boy. Or, oh, boy. Or go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> hey, Sean. I got 52 pickups for the movie. Oh, I love 52 pickups. That's the one with uh, Ann Margaret? No. Who's in 52 pickups? Well, um, Kelly Preston. Oh, Kelly Preston. Preston. Oh, I Travolta's love Travolta's ex. Sure. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. yeah. That's another hard one. Find out yeah. that, uh, you know, Travolta was more interested in going for coffee with Tom Cruise than cuddling with <laughs> Preston. Can't figure that out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you sit down the Ritz Dolphin. I worked there in Ranch Mirage, California. Oh, really? And the masseuse said, yeah. And they said, no more. 
Oh no, the masseuse, yeah, I heard about that masseuse, yeah. But I can't figure out did yeah, the masseuse yeah. give enough massages to get a Porsche or not? See, I don't like that either. Yeah. If you're really offended, you beat <laughs> yeah, the hell out exactly. of the guy and you walk away. You don't take a nine eleven from him and then badmouth him. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Yeah. What's your other one? I got the documentary. It's kind of an old one, but you know, um Bunny over there didn't see it, so we, we watched it not too long ago. I forgot how good it was. Bowling for Columbine. It's Michael Moore. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I tell yeah. you, the only, the, the, the only thing I like he did was Planet of the Humans. But I have to say, because I was so jaded against that fat slob, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I know. I saw yeah. his documentary where we went after all of the people in Michigan, and it was funny. He yeah. was arguing against. He thought he was arguing against the corporations. What he really was arguing against was the corporatist sustaining of those corrupt organizations. But he couldn't put two and two together, as so many Democrats often do. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much, George. Right, right, right. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Somewhere nice. Right, Thank bye you. Bye. Thank you. Although, where are you going to take her in, in Chicago? Can you go anywhere nice in Chicago? Phil, Gray's Lakes. Hey, Sean, i got a great flick for you. It was made in 1992. It stars William Macy. It's called The Water Engine. It's based, uh, allegedly, not, not fixed. It's allegedly based on a, a fiction, but it was about an inventor in the 30s, uh, pre-World War II, who actually developed hydro hydrogen technology to run automobile engines. And through the machinations of politics and lawyers and all the rest of the BS, he ended up dead. Imagine that. But it's kind of it's kind of gets to what you were talking about before with the hydrogen engines. And I, in fact, have built some hydrogen gen generators for my cars and whatnot. They are very effective. Thirty-five dollars was the cost of a conversion. You can know you can buy the actual kit for about a buck and a half, hundred and a half. But the only the only technicality, yeah. Well, there's kits on the on YouTube or on the internet. Look them look them up. They're just little kits, and you can. I mean, there's more complex ones for five six hundred bucks. But yeah. the only thing is, you have to reprogram the um, ECM in your car because uh, it runs so much cleaner that the uh, engine control module will be messed around with your fuel mixture. We but you'll, get you'll pick up back more. on Scotty from YouTube, the, the the mechanic. We should get him back on to discuss it. I like that film. I I am a mechanic. I, I built a couple of them. We picked up, we had an old beater Cadillac Alante, early 90s Cadillac Alante, and we picked up three and a half miles a gallon. Just In Melrose Park, a Cadillac Alante was a Rolls Royce. I completely understand. <laughs> I love it. Thank <laughs> you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, real ahead. quick, fu fun movie, just a fun movie, crazy movie. The Sorcerer with Roy Scheider. Oh, yeah, um, I love Roy Scheider. Don't be mad at me, Phil. I'm up against the break. I'll take the rest of your calls after this. AM560. The answer. Good song, Squirrel Hands. All right, so listen. You know I got to play Meatloaf to end Friday shows. So I got a full board. I just want you to say the movie, and then I'm going to hang up on you. Don't be mad, but it's Friday, and we got to have Meatloaf. Makes me feel good for the whole weekend. Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid with Steve Martin. Love it. Tim, Southside. Hey, Sean, great show. The movie is Absence of Malice with uh, Paul Newman and Sally Field, who I can't stand, but it shows you how them rat bastards just department really works. Justice Department really works. I love it. You had me at rat bastards. Carol. Hi. How are you? Uh, uh, how about Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze? Kind of prophetic. You know, I've done my research on this, Carol. The world has gone to dung ever since Patrick Swayze died. You trace it back. That son of a gun died, the market fell apart, and everything's been terrible. Patrick Swayze was the glue that helped this country, held this country together. Thank you very much. Doug McHenry. 
Hey, are you there, son? I'm here, buddy. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Robert Redford. I'm doing this as fast as I can, okay? Robert Redford, Little Falls and Big Halsey. Did love you it. ever see it? Did see it, and I love it, Great. and it's a good call. Mark Oaklawn, didn't mean to hang up on you. Go ahead. Hey, Sean. Thanks yeah. for taking my call. Hey, this movie, uh, it reminds me of you taking on the Chicago Democrats, how Mel Gibson took on the, uh, uh, yeah. the Brits and the Patriots. You know? By the way, if you've been to my cigar store, you will see I have an original Norwegian axe as well. Thank you very much, Mark. Unfortunately, society's done. You can't do that anymore. But what you can do is still pay homage to American patriotism and the people who can bring it home for you. And I'll be quite honest with you. I was a fan of Meatloaf, mainly because he was a good actor. He's got 65 movies under his belt. I think they're all worth a look, and you could look at any one of those over the weekend. But when he's saying... The Star Spangled and the National Anthem, excuse me. I mean, I love it to death, and it's part of my show. Every Friday, we go out. I feel good about America. I tell you to have a good weekend. You can only do that by avoiding Democrats like potholes. Avoid those stupid son of a guns. We'll be back Monday. Have a good weekend. And in the meantime, let's have Meatloaf take us out. Oh, oh see, can you see? So proudly we and the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars glow the perilous fight o'er the Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.